You're listening to the Inbound Logistics Podcast with today's guests, Bobby Holland of U.S. Bank and Ivan Zenovic of Hub Group. For many shippers and carriers, the current freight market is experiencing a capacity crunch that requires shifts in supply chain strategy. From leveraging technology to carefully mining data from detailed indexes, businesses are working to better position themselves in an increasingly constrained marketplace. Ivan Zenovic of Hub Group and Bobby Holland of U.S. Bank give us their breakdowns of what they've seen so far and what we may be seeing down the road. Joining me this afternoon is Ivan Zenovic, Senior Vice President of Sales for Hub Group, and Bobby Holland, Vice President and Director of Freight Data Solutions for U.S. Bank. Gentlemen, thank you so much for taking some time to talk to the inbound logistics audience today. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. All right, uh, guys, can we get uh, a little bit of info on uh, your background, uh, maybe how you got into the field, and a little bit about your responsibilities with your respective companies? Uh, Ivan, let's start with you, please. I can kind of start from today and work myself backwards a little bit. I've been at Hub Group for 11 years, and uh, in those 11 years, it has all been in sales management and uh, leading and managing sales organizations here at Hub Group. Prior to that, I worked at Roadway Express for 23 years and worked my way up the ladder there at that organization and uh, you know, worked in the sales management field for the majority of my time there. And uh, so I've been in the industry about 34 years, all on the provider side. And uh, you know, so I come at it from that perspective. And Bobby? Uh, I have a software development and architecture background. Uh, my most recent position before US Bank was as executive director of uh, professional services, uh, custom solutions development for a uh, cable telephony billing company. Basically, my knowledge of software database and uh, analytics is what I'm bringing to bear on um, our product development team, or product management team. So that's what I bring to the table. So today, uh, we're going to be talking about an, an ominous buzzword for 2018, uh, capacity. Now, uh, for most shippers, uh, capacity in 2018 was forecast to be constrained, uh, rates increasing and so on. Ivan, is capacity an issue? And if so, what are some of the causes, do you think, of that strained market? And uh, how long do you think that whole situation is going to last? Yeah, and I, I would say capacity is an issue. I would, uh, I would definitely agree with that. You know, it's really a buildup of many factors, right? Driver aging. Uh, ELDs that create productivity hits out there for the carriers, increased regulation, storms, tight labor markets, they all impact it. But really, more than anything else, when you take all of that and you toss in a pretty revved-up economy, you get the ratios and constraints we see today. Honestly, I really think uh, carrier network designs and productivity gains in technology can offset ELDs somewhat, but the tight labor market's not going away anytime soon. Right. As an industry, we need to find new workforce entrants. Making driving a career choice early in the process is key. And, you know, as long as capital spending and growth in the GDP remain strong near term, uh, I think this market still has legs. And this is Bobby Holland. Uh, we agree as well. Uh, the data we have shows that uh, we still have driver shortages that are impacting the market. Um, capacity constraints, we also see. Um, rising costs due to fuel, and then we're also starting to see impacts from um, tariffs. So all of these are putting pressures on the marketplace. Okay, Bobby, and now the, the U.S. Bank National Spend Index continues to grow, but you're seeing a growth rate slowdown. Have we reached peak trucking 
And if so, how are carriers and shippers responding to that? Well, our index shows that we are not yet at peak capacity as we're still seeing small amounts of growth. However, we're getting close. Um, the constraints that Ivan mentioned are forcing the market to be more creative in how they manage their capacity. How do you see it, Ivan? Well, I would agree. And, uh, you know, even though you may see some slowing of the trend lines, you know, there still is a really large peak shipping season to come, you know, starting here in the next couple of weeks and running all the way through December. And uh, that'll be the tail of the tape with no with no disruptions to the supply chain from storms or other events that we had last year, you know, I still think capacity is going to be extremely tight here in the fall. Bobby, staying with you for a second, what are some of the signals that you're getting from the U.S. Bank Shipment Index? Well, again, uh, we see that the index appears to be signaling that the market is reaching capacity. Um, it's also reflective of the strong economy that we have, but we're also seeing that um, tariffs are being felt in certain parts of the country, particularly in the Midwest and the West due to um, import tariffs from China and Mexico. Basically, we're seeing slowed growth, but still growth. Ivan, what are you hearing from your customers as far as best practices to, to manage their supply chain? Well, I think there's, there's really good examples out there that, you know, during this market time or this change in the marketplace over the last year, year and a half, they've really had to look at their networks and their supply chains a little bit differently, right? I think the customers that are on the leading edge of that are making some changes. I think, you know, you can start with big data, analytics, you know, you know and access to that big data can lead customers to make useful changes in the way they ship or receive, the patterns, the timings, working different inventory controls, you know, maybe even to go as deep as locations of their distribution centers, using third-party warehouses, et cetera. And I think as providers, we all need to be very good about providing them data and useful ways that they can use it, you know, to make changes and make their uh, business better. But we're also seeing a trend in the customer base becoming more of a, you know, try to becoming that shipper of choice, right? I think shifts in the supply and demand curve here has made shipper of choice in vogue once more, right? You know, clients are asking carriers, you know, what should we be doing right now to be more attractive to you as a carrier? And I think we're seeing some real efforts uh, from a lot of our clients to make change. You know, items like EDI and drop pulls, changing of paperwork requirements, turning drivers quicker at their facilities, pay terms, accessorial agreements, you know, those are all uh, items that have been, you know, put out there throughout this time, and, and really customers are trying to make some, you know, really good changes in the way they run their business to become preferred shipper, if you will. Uh, this is Bobby. Uh, yes, we agree, um, especially in this current environment. We find that um, our customers look at the shipper of choice being, you know, one that provides tools and resources that um, enable a better partnership with carriers. They look at um, the way that uh, they provide advanced planning capability um, because it helps the shippers to, you know, better maintain strong relationships and ensure access to the capacity that they need. Um, they're looking for consistencies in load volumes and frequency so that they provide uh, a more stable environment for their drivers, um, which helps to contain costs and and man help to manage um, capacity. They're not going to be constantly losing drivers and, and seeing costs go out of control. Uh, we also see that 
in agreement with Ivan that data is crucial to these things. They need that visibility. Um, and we find that our customers are leveraging our index as well as um, data from the system regarding their own invoices to better forecast those load volumes and provide that consistency. So um, carriers, in turn, can also better manage their business and, again, maintain that, that uh, as much stability and predictability as they can in this crazy market. Yeah, I agree with Bobby here. And, you know, it's interesting to me is in this world of uh, more collaboration, you know, even items like scorecards, you know, which were once used just to measure carrier performance, are now really being used by some providers to identify cost-to-serve metrics, right? Customers on the forefront set themselves up to gain capacity, you know, short-term and long-term. How did Hub manage uh, this whole limited capacity situation? You know, it's been work in progress, and uh, but honestly, we're doing an awful lot here, right? I mean, you know, changing our network, you know, trying to find out, you know, through big data and analytics, and, you know, how do we redesign a network to make sure our, 37,000 boxes are, you know, coming from the markets we want them to come from and going to the markets where they're going and uh, making sure that we can get better utilization of our equipment and turn our equipment more frequently by, the, you know, identifying those network lanes. I think that network design has been critical for us. I think another thing we're doing is investing. You know, we, uh, we've had aggressive CapEx plans over the last couple of years, you know, adding new tractors, opening up new drayage terminals, you know, buying more containers for our customers, and then really an increased effort in uh, capital expenditure around technology to serve our customers' demand better and to be a, a better provider for them. You know, and I think, you know, I think, you know, even just, you know, getting down into that level of conversation with your most trusted customers, you know, working with them to improve utilization and turning capacity, trying to utilize what you have better, and uh, try to create more capacity, you know, out there on the street on a day-to-day -day basis. I think those are all things we're doing right now. But there's, you know, the it's the big one in the uh, in the corner of the room, right? It's the driver shortage. It's still a concern on the intermodal side, also, which is a big segment of our business. For every intermodal move, it takes two drivers. So we're having to recruit differently. We're going to have our teams focus more on, you know, making it a more favorable job. We think that's important to grow that driver base. You know, being home at night, having local moves, having new equipment to drive, using technology such as GPS, handheld equipment, onboard cameras. We want to make the truck a more attractive workplace. What do you think the, the market's going to do going forward, if you, if you could try to predict that? You know, that's really a crystal ball question, right? You know, I think, you know, the analytics will come into play, right? Being able to see the customer's forecasts understand capacity and try to match that up. I think fleets will naturally grow to meet demand, but I think the driver shortage is still a long-term concern for the entire industry, both on the uh, shipper and the provider side. I think we need to keep an eye on inventory levels. And like Bobby was saying earlier, that impact of the trade and tariff discussions and then economic forecasting. I think it's all very important that we keep an eye on the ball and and understand where the market's heading so we can smartly invest and position ourselves for our customers. So, Bobby, on that point, uh, the regional activity is kind of mixed. What does the regional outlook look like uh, from your perspective? Well, we can see that um, in our data that the Midwest and West regions are showing declines in both shipments and spend. Uh, they're modest declines. Um, and a lot of this, again, is due from the impacts of tariffs um, and on the Midwest 
through Mexico and on the west from imports in China are starting to have some impact as well as as well as weakened housing starts in those regions. Um, the, the southeast has the largest increase in spending, and this is due to um, strong automotive and aircraft manufacturing as well as a still strong housing uh, market. Uh, but we see that um, all of the regions are dealing with uh, capacity constraints, as we've talked about multiple times, and also dealing with fuel increases and other uh, non-fuel surcharges that are increasing just as a result of the capacity constraints. So all of these factors are driving up costs and, and therefore spending. Ivan, how is Hub managing the really fluid changes in the market? You know, I think what we really need to continue to do is is look at the tools that are available to us as a large corporation to try to get a broader picture of the market, right? I mean, we leverage indexes like the U.S. you know bank freight payment index, and uh, but it's one of the many indices we use to get a broader picture of the marketplace. I think we need to understand the market trends, you know, to create smart capital X plans and uh, resource allocation. You know, I think we need to continue to think about how we invest in capacity, not only for us, but also for the marketplace. But, you know, indexes and uh, and the available data that's out there is very relevant to us. And Bobby, back to you. Uh, rising spends on a year-over-year basis in the absence of wage inflation contributes to, to driver shortage. Do you see wage increases on the horizon uh, as they relate to increasing capacity? Uh, and if so, will carriers or shippers or, or maybe both uh, wind up absorbing those costs? We may see wage increases. However, our data is showing that um, there are numerous pressures on shippers and carriers um, as a result of rising costs across the board. Uh, wages may be a part of this, but uh, we're seeing that both carriers and shippers are working together to find more creative ways of managing these costs. Uh, as we look at, at 2018, what did your trading partners do when faced with these challenges? You know, we probably talked a lot about that in some of the customer best practice sections, right? You know, using analytics to make, uh, you know, real meaningful changes in your business, you know, trying to get ahead of, uh, ahead of the market a little bit and create a better supply chain so you can serve your customers, you know, being that shipper of choice and, you know, and scorecards and other measures. But, you know, from our perspective, it's really how can we help, you know, help our customers build a better solution? And how do we actually make them be better buyers of transportation services, you know, based upon what we can bring to the party and have those conversations? You know, I think, I think we need to continue to invest smartly, you know, in equipment, capacity, and people, add drivers in the markets for intermodal and dedicated where it's important. But, but more so, I think, with our customers, I think we need to really offer different solutions to clients, you know, solutions they may not be thinking of, solutions that uh, may change some of their uh, patterns for them. I mean, there's examples out there today in the marketplace where tighter truckload markets, you know, have forced some customers due to lack of capacity to break apart, L- you know, truckload shipments into LTL orders. These large LTL orders have created impact for, you know, some of the LTL network. You know, we're seeing the impacts of congested LTL networks, which cause, you know, inflation and rising costs. And, I think one of the things we could be doing is look at customers' patterns, offer smarter ways to normalize their LTL loads, you know, move them through consolidations and cross-stock networks, save them money, improve their service. That's just one example. Or even, you know, reviewing their truckload data and design new ways to manage their customer deliveries through that process by using 
you know, a different process, different design, different mode, or even create a dedicated network for them where they haven't been thinking about that before. I think the, the bottom line is our customers are all saying the same thing. They're still, they still get paid to deliver their products and services to their customers and satisfying their customers is paramount. And to be able to create capacity to do that is an important factor. And those are just some of the things I think we should be having those conversations, and we are having those conversations. But I think our clients really need to understand that, you know, through change, you know, can create capacity for themselves. What kind of preparations are they making as they look forward to 2019? How are they responding? You know, we've seen some examples where customers want to reach longer-term agreements, not only from a pricing perspective, but more so in terms of really creating capacity and understanding how they're going to move their most critical shipments and to have longer-term agreements with their providers lock in that capacity at a longer term so it's more predictable, allows them to create a better service product for their customers, you know, so instead of having, you know, you know, data been, you know, or freight decisions being made on a one-year cycle, we're starting to see requests for two- and three-year cycles, and uh, which is really, to me, is an indicator that they want to lock in capacity long-term if they're comfortable with the service they're getting. Guys, a lot of great information. Where can the inbound logistics audience go to get more info on Hub Group and the U.S. Bank Freight Payment Index? Well, for the Freight Payment Index, um, they can subscribe to the index at freight.usbank.com. And for Hub Group, I think a good place to start, obviously, is our website at hubgroup.com. And that could give you access to uh, many of the services we've talked about and, and really start that conversation with our organization to see how we can help you. Great. Ivan Zenovic, Bobby Holland, thank you so much for taking some time out. Best of luck with your respective companies, and uh, we'll see you guys out there in the market. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Inbound Logistics Magazine is the information leader in supply chain and logistics management. Start your free print and digital subscription today by visiting bit.ly slash getil. That's bit.ly slash get underscore il and stay ahead of the 3pl game the inbound logistics podcast is a production of inbound logistics magazine for the most in-depth information around logistics transportation and supply chain practices Get your free print and digital subscription at inboundlogistics.com slash subscribe. Connect with us via LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube for the most current developments in the industry. If you'd like to leave us some feedback or have a topic you'd like to see covered in a future episode, call our dialogue line at 888-878-3247 or leave us an email at podcast at inboundlogistics.com. I'm your host, Jeff Vita. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time here on the Inbound Logistics Podcast.